Hello, everybody, and welcome to this new episode of Sotorial Talks, uh, the podcast and the YouTube channel. Now you try, I, I, I always say that because some people don't know, we have video, we video all these uh, podcasts, and, uh, and of course, we broadcast them live from our place in Bourgogne. Hello, Sonia, how do you do, darling? Hi, welcome, everyone. Yeah, so today we're going to um, um, do the part two of a long show we did, uh, actually, We can uh, confess, we just recorded it just before this one, but you may listen to it a little bit later. Uh, the part two of uh, our show on how to have great conversation. I'm not going to make a summary uh, of the first part, but maybe, Sonia, you can have a little summary of what we said, and uh, uh, what, which, it, because it's based on one of your articles. Right. Well, it was a review of a book uh, yes. that uh, is from 1866, yes. and you can read the title. From uh, Arthur Martin's, uh, the, the Martin's Handbook of Etiquette and a Guide to True Politeness. Thank you. And it basically just summarized eight different categories of people. Yes. And you may follow one of those categories, or you may recognize someone that falls in, into those categories. And then it goes into ways to adjust the way that you have conversations yeah. to eventually help you evolve into a fantastic conversationalist. Yes. And one of the key things, it's all about politeness and how you can use politeness, not overdoing it, but find the right level of politeness. And that can change everything. Just as a reminder, if you didn't uh, listen to the first part of this podcast, I'm going to remind you the eight Uh, archetypes, archetypes, you say? Archetypes. That? Archetypes. Uh, the loud talker, the life sharer, the clever bore, the indifferent or apathetic bore, the lingering bore, the hobby rider, the malapropes, that is to say, Mr. and Mrs. Inappropriate, and the egotistical bore. Only the titles are pretty much self-explanatory. So now let's go to the last part of your, uh, of this discussion. And it's about what do we take uh, away from all this okay. and uh, and you write four things to remember so martin proceeds to offer four cardinal rules cardinal rules cardinal rules yes when speaking so that's very mm. interesting listen to that uh, he says uh, an abbreviation of the rules so first know when not to speak mm? We're going to come back to that, but this is restraint, so the art important. of restraint. Wow. Yes. The second is said, don't answer questions with short, dismissive answers as if you are being bothered by a toddler. I've <laughs> <laughs> seen people do this. Oh my gosh, me too, every <laughs> day. Even with the eyes rolling. Okay, I'm not sure that he wrote exactly the third one. You may have written. I added it. the last word. Yeah, you, you probably added the last word Maybe. because you say basically, <laughs> don't be a self righteous prick. Well, this is self-explanatory. And the fourth one, uh, is you, it says, arg arguing should be for a debate, for laughs, and mm. for entertainment. Oh my gosh, if all the anchors of all the TV oh, in the world, this. I know they can, have to please. Can you read it again? Yeah, arguing should be for a debate, for laughs, or for entertainment. If you are seriously arguing at a gathering, it is a sign of bad manners. So this is something we really, 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 uh, I mean, we witness this every day on TV. This is almost shocking. And you know what? People are looking at these debates just 
you know, it's it's like, well, if you're conservative, you look at Fox News, you, you know you're going to be pleased. If you're a Democrat, you look at CNN, you know you're going to be pleased. It's the same in France. I'm afraid it's the same everywhere, that we can't really find places. You know that back in the 19th, 18th and 19th century, what was one of the most um, um, favorite sports of French? Uh, and the French aristocracy and the French intellectuals, we were called, the, they were going to Salon. Mm. And what, do we, what were they doing in Salon? They were... Debating. Debating. Yes. They were um, debating about poetry. They were debating about any kind of subject, but debating. I mean, you can get a degree in debate in some universities. So. Ah, they do this? Yeah, in some, yes. Oh, well, I never met somebody with a degree in <laughs> debate, honestly, because I think that we have lose, we, we lost this art of conversation. So I let's continue. So. And you say basically that uh, Mr. Martin, in his discourse, he summarizes the points like that, and I'm going to quote him, so I'm going to put a little bit of piano, as usual, and he says, and listen to that, the power of preserving silence, so know when not to speak. So the power of preserving silence is the very first requisite to all who wish to shine or even please in discourse. And those who cannot preserve it have really no business to speak. The silence that, without any differ differential air, listens with polite attentions attention, sorry, is more flattering than compliment. Can you believe that? A silence that listens with polite attention is more flattering than compliment. You know what? That's the first time I read this and this is so mind-provoking. This is mind-provoking. You see how I examined every angle. Incredible. That's incredible. It means that people are listening to you so you don't need a compliment. And how rewarding when, when you feel like someone's really listening to, yeah, to you. You could speak a little bit louder. How rewarding when someone is yeah. listening to you, for yeah. real. You can tell the people, I have a little of a habit when I speak in public and I'm when I'm on stage. Because the first time I did this, do you remember I, when I did this, you were shocked almost. Do yes. You don't remember what I'm what um, referring to? I, you have to refresh my memory. Well, I mean, when I'm on stage, whether in front of 20 people oh, when you're or silent, 100 of course, or 500, or even 2,000 and when there's noise I ask people to shut up because or to to please listen to what I have to say or you quit the room and I do this and believe me uh, this is honesty uh, I don't mean I'm the most interesting guy in the world but well it, you know you're right and when people speak they're pu do pu doing public speaking and people are chattering you can see them get a little nervous and yes. worried and try to speed up their speech be more interesting yeah. you go he says Okay, could everyone stop speaking? And then you go, shh, doesn't say anything. Yeah. And he'll repeat it. Okay, can everyone stop speaking? And then suddenly you can hear almost a pin drop well, in the room. And right. wow, they're with you until that's the right. end. And There's you're very interesting. It's rare. Instance, it's rare for that to happen. One instance I didn't manage to make the people uh, really not listen to me was Bucharest. in Romania. Oh, no, yeah. It, yeah was it was back Bucharest. in 2015. I was supposed to speak in front, I don't know, of 50, 100 people. And it was a full, I don't know how many people were there, maybe 500, 600 people. And it was in the dark. And I was embarrassed because I didn't know if they were speaking English or not. And I didn't know I had to give a speech on men's elegance. And mo at the very back of the room, there was a bar. Yeah, the place was packed. There was oh a gosh. big bowls of black cigarettes on all the tables. <laughs> it was crazy. And then there was a big bar in back. And then the, the place was packed. Yeah. And Hugo was all by himself on a stage. All by myself. And at the back, there was a bar with free drinks. 
And yes. so people, you know, <laughs> what do they strange. do? This was strange. They were just having drinks and just get drunk and, you know, having cigarettes, smoking in the room. That was a few years ago. And I was struggling and I said, okay, can somebody listen to me? For, and, <laughs> okay, well, that was, a, we call this a great moment of solitude, but whatever, yeah, so uh, it only happened uh, once. So uh, I like when you say that. So this is the really eloquent silence. So he said, um, uh, it requires great genius, more perhaps than speaking, and few are gifted with this talent to remain silent and to listen and make people understand that you are really listening to them. Mm -hmm. That makes making them feel so much better than to tell them, oh, I really liked what you say. You're a great speaker. We know some people who can do Erwin Compass. Yes, he's, we know he's, a few he's very people. good to yes. listen and he yes. makes you feel like he's absorbing every word. Erwin Compass, who is the, the CEO of, of Maison de Gand in yes, Brussels, yes. is he an, does this an extraordinary well. listener. Very well. Yes. And so but, these people stand out. Um, Grambert, uh, that used to. Jean Grambert, yeah. Yes, uh, uh, Arnis. Yes, yeah, in super Paris. good listener. Fantastic listener. Yes. We have a few friends here and there who are great listeners, but it's very well. And it's such it a is. good quality. It puts it does relax you immediately to be in the presence of such people. Let's continue with the text. He said, never give short or sharp answers in ordinary conversation unless you aspire to gain distinction by mere rudeness. For they have in fact no merit and are only uncivil. I don't know or I cannot tell are the most harmless words possible and may yet be rendered very offensive by the tone and manner in which they are pronounced. When you say, well, I cannot tell, I don't know, like this. It means you're not willing to put the effort forth and it's dismissive. Yeah, I can't believe this guy went so far. He went far. In but the, you know the situation, right? Oh when someone's just like, I don't know. Oh, yes, I remember a few times. Once in Milan, yes, um, right, where we were trying to meet a new CEO yes. and have a conversation. Oh yeah, I remember and very well. He was basically doing the hand motions, like, yeah, like leave uh, me literally, now, literally, leave me now, said, leave, leave me, leave me, me now. now. And yeah. then later, when he understood uh, more, he probably regretted. But yes, that was well, very dismissive. I don't care if he regrets it. Wow, that, that matter. was. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So this is something I just hope to be we don't of. do this to people. I hope we I don't hope do. we don't do that. I hope as we well. don't do. And he says uh, something like by the tone and yeah. Never reply in answer to a question like the following: Did Mrs. Uh, Spitewell tell you how uh, Miss Rosberg's marriage was getting on? I did not ask. It was. It is more. It is almost like saying, I never ask impertinent questions, though you do. We can always be ordinarily civil, even if we cannot always be absolutely wise. This is do such a good question. you see how far he's going? Incredible. Someone is trying to gossip. Yeah. Everyone knows in the room yeah. that that's not really something they should be doing. Yes. So the person humiliates them yeah. by saying, I don't know. I don't ask such questions. Yeah. So both people were in the wrong. Yeah. Isn't is it crazy. strange? It's an incredible. So book, you honestly, should give yeah. this person grace and maybe try to change the subject away from gossiping. Yeah. Not call the person out. You're right. You're crazy. right. This is very astute. He says, don't be a self-righteous contrarian. Leave quib quibbling 
of every kind to lawyers. <laughs> Sorry, lawyers. Uh, we love lawyers, but they say that. Leave quibbling of every kind to lawyers pleading at the bar for the life of a, of a culprit. In society and conversation, it is invariably out of place unless when laughter is going his merry round. At all other time, it is a proof of bad manners. So do And now you go to do and dance, but you switch to another writer. You did an enormous research on I this did, subject. I did, but you know, if you just round out the quibbling part, um, yeah. I have to say that when someone says something, and I absolutely know that is not correct, yes. I struggle not to like get into a little banter like oh mm -hmm. i know no it is correct and they're like no no it's not correct and i'm like oh no it is correct no it's not correct okay that's something that i worked on but i still fail sometimes just to say let it go let you it know, go let it go that's a good attitude darling yeah. this is maybe why i married you <laughs> i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i'm joking i married you for many many other reasons so now we go to do a little bit of do and don't so i'm not i must confess I'm not a man of do and don'ts because uh, I'm French and uh, um, nothing is really, uh, I was about to say black and white, but I don't even know if we have the right to say black and white now. Everything is not right or wrong. I think there's always a middle way. But let's say um, advices of things we, you, you, it's better to do in society and it's better not to you do. You may or may not do. Yes, <laughs> based on the observation. And on that, you've been researching another book by Maria Popava, It's a text on the art of conversation, timeless do's and don'ts from 1866. So we stay in This 1866. Here we find oh a God, nice right. summarization of the Arthur Martin's rule of conversation. Maybe she did a She's summary. She's inside his, exactly. yes, exactly. So she says, first of all, it's very, very good, uh, very, very interesting um, advices. Uh, if you can take away a few yes. of these, believe me, it's going to be very useful in your life. I did already take away a lot of this in my Great. own life. First of all, don't correct your conversation partner or go on righteousness crusades. Mm. It is a sign of vanity at best and sheer rudeness at worst to force your opinion on another. Quote, reproof is a medicine like mercury or opium. If, if, it, be in, if it be improperly administered, with report either to the advisor or the advised, it will do harm instead of good. This yes, is extremely wow. interesting. If a man is telling that which is as old as the hills or which you believe to be false, the better way is to let him go on. Why should you refuse a man the pleasure of believing that he is telling you something which you never heard before? Besides, by refusing to believe him or by telling him that his story is old, you not only mortify him, but the whole company is made uneasy. Oh, this is so insane that he puts this into words in America, especially you have the Republicans and you have the Democrats. Yes. Say you have a Republican. This person's going to believe every word uttered out of his or her mouth is absolutely the gospel and is not going to be open to any other viewpoints. I'm yes. talking about the diehards. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And so he's calling out that behavior, yeah. but he's also calling out the listener's behavior. Of course. The, to let the listener, I mean, to, to say to the listener, look, this person's obviously having the time of his or her life. Yes. 
especially if it's an older gentleman mm -hmm. or an older woman, yeah. for goodness sakes, let them of enjoy course. themselves. This is you excellent. don't have to believe what they're saying. You made but an you excellent point go. on that. Yes. Fantastic. I love this. And, and you said, uh, but the whole company is made uneasy and by sympathy share his mortification. And he said, it is bad manners to satirize lawyers in the presence of lawyers. Yes, thank you. Or doctors in the presence of one that, of that calling. So and so of all the professions, nor should you rail against bribery and corruption in the presence of politicians. Okay, it's a little bit second degree. You, you understood what oh, I just yeah. said? No, nor read, should read you rail again. against bribery and corruption in the presence of politicians, oh. especially, <laughs> right, okay. especially a New York politician <laughs> oh, or a member of Congress. They will have good reason to suppose that you are hinting at them. It is the aim of politeness to leave the arena of social intercourse untamed with any severity of language or bitterness of feeling. Yes. Well, Obviously, I don't know what happened to him in 1866, but he, his opinion on, on the corruption of politicians was quite harsh. It, um, it was. I mean, and, and I, I hesitate to even uh, go into the story. I'll leave out names. It doesn't but matter. You this and is second I degree. were at a, a, a celebration, birthday celebration once, and yes. the, the person in the, as a guest of honor had a name. Yes. Which was associated with a song. Oh my gosh! Well, don't tell and me that. And someone I can't even remember in the this. party started singing the na the song and yeah. humiliated the guest of honor. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things like that you can apply well, it to, not in, just profession. For sure. In this case, is more. It was more uh, a problem of IQ. Because if you're <laughs> not, well, I mean, if you're probably. not able to understand that you're going to humiliate just by, because, okay, the, the person has a name which is mm. used in a very silly song uh -huh. that uh, yeah. that's you song when you're a kid and it's about sexual parts and uh, it's associated with this name. And so, I mean, it's obvious that everybody, and everybody was so um, uh, it was yeah, it was embarrassing, embarrassing for everyone. For everyone, for everyone. That's right. In this case, I think it's more problem over, yeah, it's okay. uh, over okay. IQ. Um, then you continue by say, saying, whenever the lady or gentleman with whom you are discussing a point, whether of love, of war, of science, or politics, begins to sophisticate, drop the subject instantly. Don't go too far. He says, your adversary either wants the ability to maintain his opinion, mm. and then it would be uncivil to press it, or he wants the still more useful ability to yield the point with unaffected grace and good humor, or what is also possible, his vanity is in some way engaged in defending views on which he may probably have acted. So that to demolish his opinion is perhaps to reprove his conduct. And no well-educated man goes into society for the purpose of sermonizing. Wow. Yes, this so, is, so you're taking a novice um, uh, person who's learning how to buy coffee beans and yes. roast green coffee beans and then gr to grind them with a hand grinder. Maybe they've only been at it for two or three months yes. and they're trying to tell you about all the little specifics <laughs> and, 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 and interesting things about this new endeavor. But maybe you've been grinding coffee beans and choosing the green yeah. beans for... 10 years. Yes. So you give them the chance. Yeah. And you say, to don't go shine. too far. To shine. You yeah, give, yeah. Is, is this right? You give yeah. them the chance to shine. It is right. And sometimes also people, they just, it's a matter of feeling the occasion. Mm. If you are passionate with a subject, that's totally fine. But if you are in the circle of the people who have the same passion as yours, it's totally fine to go deep in a conversation. But when nice you point. are in a company, 
just with friends or neighbors or in, in society. It's, un, it's totally useless to go too far inside the subject because, well, for the reasons given here, it's such good lessons of life. Yes. And this is so easy to remember that, you know, this is... Well, this is rules of civility, literally. And he finished by saying, to reprove with success the following circumstances are necessary. Mildness, secrecy, intimacy, and the esteem of the person you would reprove. You can only reprove somebody who you esteem, you know well, and with, with whom you have ah. intimacy. That's what I said. With whom I, is part of it. your circle. Yes. Otherwise, you just it's better to remove silence. Second do is... Do be selective. It's not don't be selective, it's do be selective. Or it's, it may not sound very popular to say that, but let's mm -hmm. see what um, mm -hmm. he has to say about that. Novelist William Gibson, I'm going to put a little bit of piano. I like this piano. I don't know if you like it, but I love it. Novelist William Gibson has stressed the importance of a personal microculture. Susan Sontag wrote in her diary that she's only interested in people engaged in a project of self-transformation. Artist Austin Kleon has astutely argued that you are a mashup of what you let into your life. So Martin suggests the same is true of selecting your conversation company. If you have been once in company of an idle person... It is enough. You need never go again. If you have heard all he knows, because, no, I'm sorry, you have heard all he knows. He's very, he's very sharp on this one. And he has had no opportunity of learning anything new. For idle people make no improvement. Don't give your time to every superficial acquaintance. It is bestowing what is to you of inestimable worth upon one who is not likely to be the better for it. Well, so what do you think about that? Well, I... Th well, okay, can I give you a secret? Sure. I totally agree with that. Okay. Okay, it's not very popular I to say know. that. I well, know. of course, if I have to go to some part of the family, I visit somebody from a family... That's who different, are, yes. That's different. We yes. can take people. But if the guy is a life sharer... Or uh, ego, mm -hmm. egoistic, whatever you, you call this. Or if he's this kind of clever ball, mm -hmm. it might be difficult. But yes, I agree with that. Yes. Because, I mean, if we really go into this art of conversation, you have to have somebody to have a conversation with. So be selective is not a, sh it's not a sin. That's so you can't buy time, right? That's the no. one thing you can't purchase for sure. Mm -hmm. So guard your time. Yeah, I'm 57 years old. Right. Uh, well, we, we work hard. We podcast a lot. We do video a lot. We write books. We give lectures. This, we have a kind of a public life. Mm -hmm. And yes, sometimes I have to be selective because um, I have a limited amount of time. But it's not being arrogant. Saying no, that. No, no, no. I think that, uh, and everybody can relate to that, being selective. After all, where, why would you go in a place where you have nothing to say to the people right. you're around? And the point is, you don't have to be rude. You can do things with grace. Yeah, exactly. Number three, do keep your commitments. Well, that's a basic of basics. Hmm. But uh, well, this is something which is good to remember, right? It's a good reminder. Uh, but give those who fail to keep theirs the benefit of the doubt. Mm. Mm -hmm. I love that. Don't so, judge so don't soon. Judge. Yeah. So do keep your commitments, but give those who fail to keep theirs the benefit of the doubt. 
And the quote of the book is like that. Be careful of your word, even in keeping the most trifling appointment. But do not blame another for a failure of that kind until you have heard his excuse. So mm. it's probably... Well, you know, sometimes we look at the past uh, like something a little bit... Well, passé by definition, but a little bit with a lot too much manners and conventions. But honestly... They had time. They weren't watching television or exactly. they weren't on the internet. They weren't looking at their phones. They had exactly. time to really study. Exactly. study and you study. had to interact. You have to interact. And you had yes. to study and you have to interact, if only with a book. It was a real interaction. That I don't, I'm not want to say, I don't want to say that I would have preferred to live in this era, but sometimes a few things, yes, for this kind of thing, yes. I would love to recreate the ambience of a salon where you can really have a discussion. And even if you disagree on things, because now we have, you know, everything is ready to. Mm -hmm. Ready to think is everywhere. Mm -hmm. Some people will say, oh, okay, I'm a whatever, I'm a, a progressist or a reactionary or conservative or whatever. And you can't even have a discussion with these people. Wouldn't it be nice to re- Five, this old art of conversation would, and invite people and, and have a theme of discussion and really have a real debate I with manners, you. with kindness, with good wine. I think I, since I was coffee. a teenager, I daydreamed about this type of situation. Yeah, and, it doesn't and sometimes, exist. Sometimes it happens with us. Remember, yeah. Pierre Cote took us to this amazing um, bar where we went downstairs oh, yeah. and we yeah. had a... A real conversation together. Can, yes. you, can you tell the name of it or not? Uh, Chez Marcel, yeah, I think it's a very traditional bar. Yeah, crazy uh, it's a, it's place. a restaurant, actually, in crazy place. Yeah, yeah but it's loved also, it, loved it. What, 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 what also about, you know, just having practicing conversation almost as an art. You know, it's so interesting for the mind. It's so interesting even for the soul to have the... Well, whatever, maybe I'm a dreamer, but I'm not no, the only not. one, as John Lennon <laughs> was saying. Uh, four, don't, do be mindful of your audience. That's a very key. And don't parade your knowledge before the less learned. All local wits, all those who jests are understood only within the range of their own circle or coterie are decided... Uh, objectionables in general society. So we talked about that already. It is the hate of ill-breeding, in fact, to converse or jest on subjects that are not perfectly understood by the party at large. So he's just a guy, basically. He knows everything right. about the subject, and he wants to impress exactly. others with his subject. We already far. covered this, but it's very, very important. A gentleman will, by all means, avoid showing his learning and accomplishments in the presence of ignorant and vulgar people who can by no possibility understand or appreciate them. It is a pretty sure sign of bad um, uh, education to set people to staring and feeling uncomfortable. Of mm. course, we have to say this text is from 1866. Mm. So you have to put it a little bit in the context, of course, of the world, because, of course, it, it speaks about ignorant and vulgar people. Well, it's a little bit judgmental on mm. other people. It is judgmental. And, uh, but we, we, but we you understand. see his point, if you're an expert on something, you don't want it to tout it. So everyone in the room feels like an idiot because exactly. they don't even know what you're talking about. Exactly. So. We move to point number five. Yes. And I adore this one. Tell me. He says, do practice omission mm, a lot when of people it's better than lying this. yes we call it a lie of omission in french wow. uh it's it's because you can lie you can commit a lie or you can omit saying something which is a way of lying which is which is actually not lying because you just don't 
say. So it say when you say uh, omission isn't lying, it's politeness. Right, but I mean it depends on the subject. Of well, course. learn to evade. It, it gives an example. <laughs> you need not tell all the truth and let to those who have the right to know it all. Well, I mean, you're not going to tell someone they look terrible, for no. example. I mean, if they say, how do I look today? You're not going to say you really look bad. Exactly. Okay, Omission. but okay, if it's a more serious subject, that like in a, a relationship and, yes, and you course. evade, maybe, you, you know, you have judgment. You can make judgments in these case-by-case situations. Yes, yes yeah, but I like this idea. I do too, the, actually. Use omission as a tool to avoid lying, which is yes. much more, uh, um, this, is a, this is much more civil. And uh, uh, Let's move to number six. Okay. Do say yes whenever possible, mm-hmm. but say no firmly. That's also something. If there's some young people listening to this show, this is something that we really, this is, this is a very basic law of life. Do say yes as, whenever it's possible. As, 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 as much as you can, say yes. And I have this default to say yes a little bit too much. You do. I have no problem saying no. (laughs) I just say no. But thank you so much for um, recommending or or requesting or thinking that highly of me. But no. Yeah. And everybody's like, okay, let's move on. Yeah. And it's not a big deal. Mm -hmm. And we have this, maybe it's a cultural thing. In Europe, it's difficult to say no sometimes. And sometimes when we say no, we know that we may not be able to do it but we don't want to displease the person but and you're we doing don't people have a favor by I saying know. no they're I actually know. glad that you were clear i think and now ladies and gentlemen listen to rule number seven that might be a world changing rule specifically in the field of politics, politics? or anything else mm-hmm. do let your opinion change yes, right. hallelujah <laughs> and this okay. is the problem of why the art of conversation is pretty dead in this era because it is dead and needs to be revived is because people don't let their opinion change it's okay it may be difficult but this is the root of all evil that you don't let your opinion change or at least evolve Yes, it doesn't have to be embarrassing. You don't have to feel like you were wrong. I mean, it doesn't have to be something that reflects on your abilities to say, you know what? You helped me change my mind. Yes, yes. But it's, um, isn't it incredible, Sonia, that we, it looks like we are um, not teaching, but um, reflecting on things that are so evident. It seems like something you should... Learn when you are in the second grade at school. But in 2020, we have some time to come back to the basics of life. Like, and this is so important. L- yes. let's, let's see what is written on this paragraph. Okay. Um, uh, always by Mr. Martin. Fool, fools pretend to foretell what will be the issue of things and are laughed at for their awkward conjectures. Wise man, being aware of the uncertainty of human affairs, oh, that's so true, <laughs> and having observed how small a matter often produces a great change, are modest in their conjectures. Reflect upon the different appearances things uh, make, sorry, reflect upon the different appearances things make to you from what they did some years ago. And don't imagine that your opinion will never alter because you are extremely positive at present. Let the remembrance of your past changes of sentiment makes you more flexible. This is so important in life. In disputes upon moral or scientific points, 
ever let your aim be to come at truth, not to conquer, to conquer, how do you say that? To okay, conquer yeah. your opponent. You understand that? It's not about the competition. So right. you shall never, so you never shall be at loss in losing the argument and gaining a new discovery. This guy is so wise. Give your opinion modestly, but freely. I repeat mm. that. Give your opinion modestly, but freely. If you give your opinion not modestly, like uh, arrogant, you, you can't really give it freely because you're offensive to people. Uh, hear that of others with candor and ever endeavor to find out and to communicate truth. It is an advantage to have concealed one's opinion. For by that means you may change your judgments of things which every wise man or woman finds a reason to do and not be accused of fickleness. Fickleness, what yes. What does it mean, sometimes fickleness? Sometimes you're hot, sometimes you're cold, sometimes you're yes, sometimes mm. you're no. And what, one thing that comes to mind when you read number seven is a movie that I once saw where lawyers are debating. Yes. And the lawyer, will, the woman that was a lawyer, was making a statement and the judge kept saying, I guess five, six or seven times, in your opinion. And the woman had to start all over and say, in my opinion. And ever since the, I saw that movie, I yeah. use this term, in my opinion. You don't remember the title of that I'm sorry. movie. I mean, someone matter. out there might know and write us. Yeah. But then ever since that movie, I guess for years now, I will say, in my opinion, and then follow with That's my a fantastic statement. fantastic point you make here. Yeah, it's three words. Fantastic. Number eight, don't be pretentious. Well, This is a basic of basic, but it's so difficult these days. With Instagram, with Facebook, we live in a society of appearances and a society where people are literally looking for likes and being successful and being noticed. Even us, we can, I mean, we are in the business of... Uh, style and fashion. Uh, we don't when we don't have uh, two thousand or three thousand thumbs up. Uh, we are pissed well, sometimes. That's sometime. an exaggeration for uh, me, but, it, no, but no, no, no. When you mean, do, not, it's natural. It's human nature. Yeah, it is human nature, but it's a very complicated thing not to be pretentious. Mm -hmm. And even having the ability that it is difficult not to be pretentious means you're on the right track. But still, it's complicated. And do away with affectation, which is probably the most difficult thing. And this, but that's really, really bad thing. Uh, let's listen to Mr. Martin say, avoid the habit of employing French words in English conversation. Yeah, this made me laugh. This made me laugh. <laughs> this is very, uh, this is very outré. You can speak to this more than uh, yes. how you perceive it when Yes, when it's very, well, I mean, in London, they love to use French words. Oh. This is, And, and, but in America, you even do it without knowing it. Yes, For example, but you usually say, the pronunciation is just butchered. Yeah, but you say hors d'oeuvre, <laughs> right, That's right. You know, hors d'oeuvre is the, is the thing you eat before the main course, right? Well, in America, yes. Yes, but hors d'oeuvre is something that we eat before even the appetizer. It's hors d'oeuvre. Literally, it's outside. Hors means outside of, yes. of the work. So it's something, so you use it without even knowing it. You say outré. Or you say passé, or you say this That's kind of thing. Right. It's very, oh, I must admit, it's very chic. And sometimes we French, we complain because we have so many English words in our vocabulary. But I discover more and more 
that uh, you are using a lot of French words because it makes yeah, everyone you... loves that. But he says, don't do it. He well, says, he said, avoid the habit bit... of employing French word in English conversation. It is extremely bad taste to be always using such expression as si devant, soi-disant, en masse, couleur de la rose, etc. Don't, do not salute your acquaintances with bonjour. Uh, no reply oh, to every proposition, oh, volunteer. Okay, well, I this like is from, I like precious wow, people. This, yeah. He doesn't. Okay, this is a matter of self of preference. I well, like. This is, is 1866. But I like precious people. Yeah, I think I find them entertaining. Me too. Okay, Jeff Sherwood. He's precious with the way he Fantastic. speaks and the way he writes, and and so I can really appreciate yeah. that. So I don't agree with him. No, on this one. and for for the first time, we don't totally agree. No. We agree on the fact not to being pretentious, but mm -hmm. using some French words in English. Other well. Honestly, when we use English words in French language, we receive rotten tomatoes immediately because, say, we don't want the American culture and the English culture to take over our culture. So oh. it's more from a okay. cultural pride. I see. Okay. You see, but uh, we disagree with him uh, about that. But actually, yes, do not don't be pretentious and as not well don't be not, pretentious yeah. of course and he says the ninth and last point he says do practice genuine humility and it's something you have to practice i can testify we well i mean i can't say we have the reputation of being humble but at least we have the reputation of not being arrogant to say the least and not to look down on people we try our best but you have to practice it because it's something well we're not sometimes we, we're proud look we wrote this beautiful book uh, we have two other beautiful books when somebody comes uh, this is how I met our director from Greece he flew from Greece just for a book signing to meet us uh, well it makes me proud I'm sorry and humility is difficult to keep uh, some people uh, are you, you know are really coming to our book signing taking planes from other mm -hmm. continents even mm -hmm. just for a book signing of 10 minutes this makes me feels not you know uh, but humility uh, steps in at this very moment that you understand the situation and you try to do your best to spend a little bit of time with these people. But it's complicated. Well, we, we know, humble. we know, we've been blessed and everything can change like that. Yes. And this is part, I think, of humility. Yeah. We don't take those things for granted. And no, we, we don't. feel humble within ourselves and yes. grateful, right? Yes. And plus, making mistakes is another thing, right? You, We accept that we make mistakes, we acknowledge it, and we move forward. It's yeah. all part of that, that feeling of humility, that, yes. that way of being. Yes, yes, yes. It's not a secret for, I mean, it might be a secret, but we can confess and uh, openly say that we are both Christians, so we read the Bible very often. And you know why for so many people, um, Christianity can be very complicated because it's extremely counterintuitive. Because uh, everything which is in the Bible, in the Old and, and specifically in the New Testament and in the Gospel is all about humility. It's all about even going as far as to pray for your enemies. It's all about putting the others first. And it's all about that. And this is something we practice through our beliefs and through our faith. Right. Literally. And, uh, and, right. uh, well, something that helps us keep our sanity too. I'm sorry? And this, it helps us keep our sanity in this crazy yes. world by being counterintuitive. But that's another so subject. If is. you want to know more about that, mm -hmm. I, uh, we did our testimony, and then it's a different subject on the YouTube. It's a film called 
A More Elegant Life is on YouTube if you want to know more It wasn't more made about. by us. It was made by someone else. So I'm, I'm sorry? It, it was made by, not us. With no, it was produced talks. by our church, yes, the Church of the yes, Apostle in Atlanta. Right. And it's, uh, it's our testimony. It's even my baptism. is. Uh, but it's, it's, uh, I'm just deviating a little bit. You but it's so yeah, but humility. It's good. Yes. You can't speak about humility uh, when you're a Christian. It's so obvious that you have, this is the main thing you have to work on. You understand? And when we work with people who share our faith, we, this is probably the first trait we notice of somebody who is really following Christ, is that they're humble. Right. And because this is the first thing that really, really, uh, is, is a really, um, 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 oh, there's, a, there's a phone call coming from Grainville, Georgia, so we don't take it. Sorry, okay. <laughs> we'll speak to you later. But it doesn't mean we're stuffy people. I mean, even with your baptism, we can talk about how you were on slick mud when you were walking out. Oh, we had a man in the production team who was diving in the water and laying rock by rock past yes, so yes. you could get baptized. It's just, you know, it's a, it's a attitude, too. Of course, I agree totally. Now we will finish with a little bit of music and a few, um, a few uh, let's say... Uh, three things to read. You want to read the, the second one? I'm, I'm going to read the first sure, one. Sure, sure. So I'm going to put a, my beautiful piano, and these are very wise words. So it starts like that. So Martin himself says, Cheerfulness, unaffected cheerfulness, a sincere desire to please and be pleased, unchecked by any efforts to shine, are the qualities you must bring with you into society, if you wish to succeed in conversation, a light and airy equan equanimity of temper, that spirit which never rises to boisterousness and never sinks to immovable dullness that moves gracefully from grave to gay, from serious to serene, and by mere manner gives proof of a feeling heart and a generous mind. And now I give it to you that for was Martin jo Jonathan Swift. Can you read here? I have the pleasure of reading Jonathan Swift. Please. Nothing is more generally exploded than the folly of talking too much. Yet I rarely remember to have seen five people together where some one among them hath not been predominant in that kind to the great constraint and disgust of all the rest. But among such as deal in multitudes of words, none are comparable to the sober, deliberate talker who proceedeth with much thought and caution, maketh his preface, preface, brancheth out into several digressions, findeth a hint that putteth him in mind of another story, which he promises to tell you when this is done, cometh back regularly to a subject, cannot readily recall to mind a person's name, holdeth his head, complaineth of his memory, the whole company all this while in suspense at last says, it is no matter, and so goes on. And to crown the business, it perhaps proveth at last a story the company has heard 50 times before, or at best, some insipid adventure of the relator. Well, Ouch. you know what? <laughs> you know what? This is something, we, we, we might continue to do that oh. if you like it, because we're speaking about the art of conversation, but there's also yes. an art of reading. And you know what? Maybe you don't know. 
In France, there's a very, very famous TV show uh, during the night. It's, I think it's like at two o'clock in the morning. And it's a woman reading classic books on TV. She's opening a book. She's on a sofa. And she's reading a classic book with a beautiful voice. And people adore that. Of course, you can say, well, you can do the same uh, in a podcast and listen to uh, uh, audiobooks. Right. But seeing somebody reading mm. the books with the tonality and even the, the body language of it, it's a real pleasure. Well, this is something maybe I will have three people who will. So, and after, uh, we will finish with a French Uh, we have, of course, from Proverbs, from the Bible, the Old Testament, 1523, congenial conversation, what, what a, a pleasure. pleasure, the right <laughs> word at the right time, beautiful. beautiful. And then we'll finish with, uh, okay, La Bruyère. Okay, when, if you're French and you're listening to this show, you know who La Bruyère is. La Bruyère is the most, the greatest stylist. But when we were, in, in terms of writing, but when we were kids, we were all very, um, um, it was complicated to read La Brière. <laughs> you were because, dreading it. Well, I mean, we were dreading it. Specifically, how you, you, you call dictation when the, the, the teacher will dictate a text and you have to write it down yes. and make no mistakes? Yes. Okay. When it was La Brière, everybody got a zero. Oh, because wow. we didn't do A, B, C, D, E like you. It was it zero was on 20. 20, yes. And um, I think one fourth was uh, three points. Two fourths, it Ooh, depends on the kind strict, of so, uh, well. And when we had La Bruyère, but it's beautiful French. So I don't know how it sounds in English. It's the first time I will read well, Jean de La Bruyère in English. He says, I put my music, he says, The great charm of a conversation consists less in the display of one's own wit and intelligence than in the power to draw forth the resources of others. Beautiful. He who leaves you after a long conversation, pleased with himself and the part he has taken into the, in the discourse, will be your warmest admirer. Men do not care to admire you. They wish you to be pleased with them. They do not seek for instruction or even amusement from your discourse, but they do wish you to be made acquainted with their talents and powers of conversation. And the true man of genius will delicately make all who come in contact with him feel the exquisite satisfaction of knowing that they have appeared to advantage. Jean de la Bruyère. Well, sometimes I'm very proud to be French. <laughs> I must admit, wow. this is so delicate. This is so well put together. Now I'm 57 year old and for the first time I don't read Jean Labruyère because he's a fantastic writer. He's a fantastic stylist and what he says is literally Uh, you don't say candy for the eyes. What do you say for the ears? It's uh, music to the ears. music to the ears. Could we say you've changed your mind? It, yeah, it exactly. I changed my mind about Jean de la Bruyère, and it's 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 very unlikely, believe me, because this guy can be quite heavy to read. But this is pure music. Bravo. Uh, I think we're done with this um, conversation. We did almost an hour and a half in two wow. parts about the art of conversation, how to have great conversation. I hope you will take away a few of these things. Um, once again, nothing is judgmental here. Nothing is just sharing this kind of subject. You know, 
We have the impression we are among the only ones to do this. I don't remember a show, maybe on some French cultural obscure channel, who take the time to speak about that. And this is why podcasts and YouTube are so incredibly powerful tools, because we can address this kind of subject with no major media will take the time to address. And I confess, I've been dreaming of doing this for about two years, so I'm very happy today. So your dream came true? It, is, it has come true. So we give you an appointment, ladies and gentlemen, for the next podcast, the next YouTube uh, of Sartorial Talks. And uh, so take care of yourself. Practice humility. Practice kindness. Practice the art of conversation. Be quick to listen. Be slow to speak and be slow to anger. And you will see life can change. Cheers, everybody. Cheers. See you soon Thank on Sartorial Talks. Bye-bye. Bye.